Hello and welcome to an exclusive podcast brought to you by VG Oncology. Today we'll be exploring how AI is revolutionising how we diagnose, treat and manage cancer. First we have Manisha Palter of Duke University talking on the current and future role of AI and machine learning in oncology. The key thing to point out about AI and artificial intelligence is, is right now we're thinking of it more so as an adjunct to clinical care or enhancing clinical care amongst providers. And where we're seeing that is we're seeing it all across the continuum of cancer care. Um, so we've got AI-directed or machine learning algorithms for detection of, of lung nodules or radiographic imaging. Um, and we're seeing it in terms of predicting response to treatment. So in the therapeutic sense, um, and then the example that I shared uh, that we did in our trial didn't really necessarily impact the treatment algorithm, but how do we optimize patient care uh, in terms of reducing hospitalizations, probably patient satisfaction, patient reported outcomes, quality of life. Um, So I think going forward, we're gonna see uh, this very synergistic effect of AI in enhancing our clinical care. Now, I think what will be interesting and maybe more in the future is how AI could maybe impact our clinical care. But I think right now I see it more as an adjunct and a synergistic effect rather than altering our clinical care. Next up, Benoit Gellix from the American Hospital of Paris discusses the applications of artificial intelligence in gastrointestinal cancers, including for tumor detection and monitoring of metastases. We, we have a very nice session about uh, AI and GI imaging and GI oncology in general. And what I did present it is about the use of tools for narrow task AI uh, for specific image analysis can go from uh, tumor detection, especially in liver, pancreas, uh, for example, to tumor segmentation that can be now automatically in a lot of application, uh, f- for example, for radiation therapy. And now the tools of segmentation of tumor is done automatically with a deep learning AI algorithm to tumor stratification that uh, the analysis of the uh, imaging and the uh, you know, structure of uh, the imaging by MRI or by CT can give very important information about the tumor itself and the tumor environment and can help to do either prognosis or prediction depending on the type of treatment it, it's, it's programmed. And finally, tumor monitoring. Um, one of the difficulties, for example, in colorectal cancer is the ability to follow up um, over treatment liver metastasis. And if there is missed metastasis after treatment, for example, the AI can exactly uh, determine where the missed metastasis, where it can be fine. And if a surgeon, for example, need to remove it or not, um, that are the main application that are currently either available or will be available soon. Uh, and are in process of being certified by either the CMART program or the FDA. And now, Andrew J. Armstrong from the Duke Cancer Institute shares findings from a study demonstrating the potential of AI-driven biomarkers in guiding ADT duration for the improved outcomes of men with localised high-risk prostate cancer. 
So in this abstract, uh, we approach the clinical question of uh, high-risk prostate cancer and can we identify a predictive biomarker that may allow some men to reduce the intensity and duration of their hormonal therapy. We actually identified uh, several phase three trials through the cooperative group, NRG, and validated uh, an AI pathology biomarker in a phase three trial called RTOG 9202. This data set involved thousands of men across the country in North America, contributing pathology tissue for an AI-developed pathology biomarker, and we were successful in doing so. We found that the AI pathology biomarker was able to predict which men needed long-term ADT, and thus which men could get away with short-term ADT and experience the same rate of distant metastases, meaning that they could be spared the long-term ADT side effects. Conversely, and I think equally important, we found that intermediate-risk men, about 40%, actually had a high-risk pathology AI biomarker and may benefit from more intensified therapy. So not only did this allow for some de-intensification of therapy, but also for intensification in certain biomarker subsets. So in a way, it's a more personalized approach where the human pathology is not able to predict. And so the AI taught us a few things about our patients that could impact patient care. David A. Mankoff of A. Brampson Cancer Center discusses the role of artificial intelligence in breast cancer imaging and diagnosis. So art artificial intelligence and AI is, um, is something that sometimes strike fear in the hearts of imagers, especially since there have been um, some people on the computer science that have predicted we won't need radiologists anymore once the, um, once the computer takes over. I don't think that that role is there. And had you been at the Radiological Society of North America meetings last week, there was a lot on artificial intelligence because it's a topic that is quite um, on the minds of many imagers. Um, I think the role of artificial intelligence is, is going to help us in a few ways. Um, one is there are a number of relatively rote and routine tasks somebody has when he or she reviews an image. Having a computer perform some of that rote analysis for you, um, identifying some of the underlying data and quantitative features means that whoever is interpreting the image can really use his or her experience in looking at it and let some of the more menial work happen from the computer. I, I'm ready for that to happen tomorrow if it does. Um, uh, another thing that we will do is the computer can be a second pair of eyes sometimes. So not everybody has luxury practicing in an academic institution where we read out with very highly trained residents and our colleagues um, and maybe off, off on his or her own reading those scans on their own. Having a computer give you a second look to make sure that you haven't missed something or overcalled something will be important. To me as a researcher, one of the most exciting parts of radiomics is there's a lot of information in our images. You know, we can look at a scan, you can have a good breast imager look at a scan and say, this is not only a breast cancer, it looks like a triple negative. So there's something in the structural features in these images that trained minds can see. And if the computer can help us identify some of those features and discover things about the tumor we hadn't seen before, that's a very exciting time. It reminds me when the discovery of genes was really revolutionizing the approach to cancer. I'm hoping radiomics will have a similarly revolutionary impact upon the discovery of, um, uh, of new aspects of biology and new ways to diagnose and treat patients. Finally, Yang Quan Che of the National Cancer Institute provides an overview of an AI analysis of tumor infiltrating lymphocytes in HNE slides to explore immune phenotypes in papillary thyroid cancer. 
So this study is using H&E slide and that slide alone. We're not doing any special staining. This is just a simple um, everyday H&E slide we generate for any tumor diagnosis. So we used that H&E slide whole slide imaging uh, and used uh, AI um, uh, analysis to classify um, these um, tumors into three distinct uh, phenotypes, immune phenotypes, and those are, as you well know, inflamed, uh, in excluded, and desert, hot uh, and cold tumors. So we made that classification by doing manual training, like we identified lymphocytes uh, inside uh, 18 slide and trained them uh, to you uh, and to uh, uh, do did the machine learning to have uh, AI figure out what uh, are the percentage the immune score or the lymphocyte we call it to till right so till score of these HNE slides uh, and also used um, the distribution of the stroma uh, and tumor and the location of lymphocytes to figure out the three distinct uh, immune phenotypes so uh, we did that analysis in um, 380 three samples of differentiated thyroid cancers coming from the TCGA data set. Uh, and what was interesting is what was uh, typically thought of as a very cold tumor uh, did have a lot of inflamed signatures here. Um, so uh, the deserts were 47% uh, percent, uh, excluded uh, were 34% and 17% were uh, uh, inflamed phenotypes. So these are potential uh, opportunities for immunotherapy response in even in this uh, differentiated thyroid cancer. So we thought this was the most meaningful finding uh, and uh, we sort of looked at its relationship with many other clinical or pathologic factors uh, or survival. But what was noted was uh, we thought that BRAF mutation, especially V600E mutation, or the tumor differentiation score, uh, although they're all well differentiated, but their differentiation uh, 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 level is a little different. So uh, we look to see whether those uh, have any relationship with these three distinct immune phenotypes. And the answer is no, they did not have any uh, uh, significant correlation with these factors, but rather um, proving that these uh, immune classifier can be a distinct independent um, predictor of response for uh, possible immunotherapy. And there are clinical data out there that these group can still be um, target, this histology can be still uh, areas of uh, immunotherapy response. And in, in DART study, we do have, um, with the SWAT 1609 study, we do have thyroid uh, cohort. We did present this in a national meeting uh, and uh, showed uh, nice, interesting responses with DEVO-AP in uh, these uh, thyroid cancers. So uh, the take-home message is really that more than 15% of thyroid differentiated thyroid cancers can have inflamed phenotype, and this is a new opportunity for immunotherapy in this uh, high unmet need uh, cancer. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BJ Oncology to join in the conversation. And make sure to check out bjoncology.com for all of our exclusive coverage on AI and oncology.